Welcome to another episode of What the Actual F. My name is Harmony, and today I want to talk about this Murdaugh murders. I don't know if you have been living under a rock lately, but if you haven't, I'm sure the name Alex Murdaugh has, like, come across you in your life some point in the last year. And if not, then I encourage you to just head on over to Netflix and look at the trending, and you will see the Murdaugh family. Sometime last year, I remember coming across this horrendous story of a mother and a son who were gunned down and then like millions of dollars had been stolen. Just this really insane murder, right? And the center of it was this Murdoch family. And then more and more started happening. Like Alex got shot and then like they started having to look into this boat crash, a housekeeper's deadly fault. Like dude, this... This family is something out of like a straight murder mystery of the southern nature. It is, it's intense. It's, it, it really is. The tragic circumstances that are swirling around a lawyer and his family in South Carolina became only more perplexing over time, it seemed. It would lead to many arrests and stunning insane plot twists throughout the whole investigation. And even now, one of the most closely watched trials in the country, if not even like the world, like a lot of people are so just like, what is... I can't believe that is what happened. Like this, this is a really insane story. And the center of this whole absolutely bananas story is Alex Murdoch. His family dominated the legal landscape in the southern part of South Carolina for like a hundred years and now faces, well, some murder charges. He has been accused of killing his wife and son. but. There's a lot more to this story. A lot, lot more. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, welcome to the murder mystery of the Murdaugh family. The shooting of Alex Murdaugh comes nearly three months after his son and his wife were both found shot in Colleton County. First, there's the double murder of his wife and son, Maggie and Paul Murdoch. This is Alex Murdoch, my wife and child. Alex told investigators he came home and found them. What is your name? They were both shot multiple times. My name is Alex Murdoch. It all began on the night of June 7, 2021, when Alex Murdoch, whose father, grandfather, and great-grandfather all served as the top prosecutors across a wide area of South Carolina. Alex would call 911 to report that his wife and one of their two sons had been shot, and it looked like they hadn't survived. A whole air of mystery surrounded the killings for more than a year. No real suspect, no motive identified. Then, on July 14th of 2022, Mr. Murdaugh was indicted on two counts of murder. Authorities stated that he fatally shot his wife with a rifle and his son with a shotgun. 
Alex has been in jail since October of 2021. This is when he was first charged with stealing from a former client. Oh yeah, there's so much to this story. Since then, prosecutors have brought a wave of financial charges against the man. They state that he defrauded victims, many of whom were actually his very own clients, out of around, I don't know, just under $9 million. That's $9 million, Jesus. Mm, that's a lot of money. Side note, I used to live in Lakeland and like a few years ago there was this man who opened a restaurant and he actually frauded his partners and like shareholders or defrauded I guess. But um, I think he's in jail? I don't know or maybe, I don't know. But uh, the whole restaurant had to shut down. He was using like two million dollars of their money and just squandering it around. Yeah, fraud really happens like right next door to you and you would never even realize it. Now, Alex has maintained his absolute innocence in the killing of his wife and son. His lawyers said before the trial that he, quote, looks forward to the opportunity to clear his name. Eh, <laughs> I don't think that's gonna work because in order to clear someone's name, well, you kinda have to be innocent. Now, this whole double murder trial of this disgraced former attorney is heading toward its conclusion currently as I'm making this. On February 27th, as in yesterday, the defense rested its case. They called several witnesses that even included Mr. Alex Murdoch himself. The case stretched on for weeks and captured the attention of not just, you know, South Carolina, the low country as it's referred to, where Alex actually was a very known attorney along with his whole family, but the country and as I said, the world, especially with Netflix releasing its documentary or docu-series. We will come back to and talk more about where the trial stands, but I really want to dive into like just kind of the way the series of events broke down and out. I don't know how to state that, but let's really look at the story of this murder mystery because it's it's crazy. When I first heard of it, I was like, oh my God, a wife and a son. And then there were more. I think in total, there's like five bodies that are all attached to the Murdoch family and they're all homicides. Yeah, so it's a real <laughs> whodunit, <laughs> Alex. I mean, we'll see, because there are other people that did kill, but they are also a Murdoch. My wife and child got badly. Okay, you said 4147 Moselle Road in Allison? Sir? You said 4147 Moselle Road in Allison? Yes, sir. 4147 Moselle Road. Stay on the line with me, okay? Yes, sir. Stay on the line with me, okay? The fatal shooting of Alex Murdoch's wife, Maggie, who was 52 at the time and their son Paul who was 22 at the time and a junior at the University of South Carolina naturally would just absolutely rock this low country region especially because of who this family was this I guess is when you could say the killings began to be known as the Murdoch murders initially very little was released about the attack 
There were no arrests, and it seemed as though they had no suspects for more than a year. Alex Murdoch told authorities that he found the bodies near some dog kennels at the family's isolated home in Islandtown. This is a rural area about 65 miles west of Charleston, South, South Carolina. I was going to say South Carolina because, you know, words are tough. Alex said that he had been home with his wife and son earlier in the day, the very day that they were murdered. Phone records indicate, though, that he left to visit his mother around 9 p.m. He said he then returned home and found the bodies. According to prosecutors, they're alleging that he actually killed Maggie and Paul before he left. And then he tried to create, like, the scenario that he was gone, like, that's his alibi, he wasn't even there. And then he came back and was like, oh, gasp, my family's been shot. Hold on, let me play some more of the call so you can hear him. <laughs> Mag Maggie and Paul. Maggie is her name? Yes, ma'am. Okay. And please hurry. Uh, we're getting somebody out there to you. Me asking you these questions don't slow them down, okay? And you sure they're not breathing? Is he moving at all, your son? I know you said that she was shot, but what about your son? <laughs> Nobody's. They're not neither one of them. I apologize if that's like a bit loud. I know the 911 operator, there's like several of them in the actual seven and a half minute call that was released, but one of them is extremely loud. Like it, it's piercing, but the call itself is, it's really, it's telling in its own way. Alex called 911 just after 10 p.m. Obviously, you can hear he's seemingly distraught. He said that he arrived home and he found their bodies on the ground out by my kennel. Sorry, no, he said, quote, out at my kennel. He did say a few times, I've been up to it now. It's bad. He let the dispatcher know that neither his wife nor his son was breathing. He really believed they were not alive. When law enforcement officers arrived, Alex told them that his son Paul had been getting these threats because of a fatal boat wreck. Oh my god, yeah, I know, don't worry, we're gonna get there because that plays a big role in all of this as well. This was a couple years earlier, by the way, at least at the time of Paul's death. And at the time of his death, he had actually been charged with felonies related to the crash. In police reports, they noted that they had discovered several different shell casings at the scene. They also said that they looked for any surveillance camera from possibly the neighboring homes and businesses. Though the heavily redacted police reports did not indicate whether they found any like CCTV footage at all. I love when they just redact all the information like, yeah, we'll share with you, but like also give me one second. Let me just cross this out. It's just, mm -mm -mm. All right, there you go. All this says is incident report. I know, right? <laughs> Sorry about the other stuff. You, you can't see that. Yeah, but that's like the whole incident. I know, crazy. Anyways, have a day. This whole bit, this whole death of Maggie and Paul really starts this mystery, man. It's, it is intense. And from here, it's going to get more and more intense. And we're going to find more bodies along the way. This is like the Mount Everest of murder cases. And we have just set foot in Rainbow Valley. 
Okay, what's going on? I stopped, I got a flat tire, mm -hmm. and I stopped, and somebody stopped to help me, and when I turned my back, they tried to shoot me. Oh, okay, were you shot? Yes, but I mean, I'm okay. According to prosecutors, they're stating that nearly three months after Alex's wife and son were killed, an employee at his law firm, which was founded by his great-grandfather more than like a century ago, discovered a check that was supposed to be addressed to the firm, but instead it was addressed and written out to Alex Murdoch. That finding would lead the firm to investigate further, and then they would discover evidence of all of his financial fraud. They would in turn ask him to resign, and guess what? He did. The next day, however, September 4th, 2021, this is when a bizarre twist would happen. Alex would claim that he had been shot in the head on the side of a road by someone who drove by when they were trying to like help. They stopped and they saw that he needed help because he had a flat tire. And in the guise of being this like really nice person, when he turned away to grab something, when he looked back, they were like, ba boom, motherfucker. And then they just dipped out. He was taken to a hospital and immediately his story started to fall to pieces. It turned out that he had not been alone on the side of the road, at least not as he claimed. He was with a friend and a distant cousin by the name of Curtis Edward Smith. And then these uh, Murdoch incidents began and things haven't been quiet since then. Attorney Alec Murdoch said he was shot in the head while changing a tire on this road in Hampton County, South Carolina. Then, police arrested 61-year-old Curtis Smith. Police say Murdoch hired Smith to kill him. Alex would soon admit that he had asked Mr. Smith to shoot him in the head. Alex's lawyer said that he had come up with the plan to make his suicide look more like a murder because he believed it would help his oldest son, who was still alive, Buster Murdoch, be able to collect on his life insurance policy. In case many of you do not know, there is a clause in like 99.9% .9 of life insurance policies, and that is that you most likely cannot collect on the policy if the, sh the person who is in the name of the policy takes their own life. I don't understand. I feel like there needs to stop being all these dumbass clauses and insurances. Like if you're paying for it, <laughs> why, can't, why can't you just have it? Like, dude, someone died. Why do we have to sit here and argue about dotted T's and crossed I's? You know what I'm saying? I meant dotted I's and crossed T's. Yep. I'm going to go get some more coffee. Sorry, guys. According to many medical records, it showed that Alex had been shot in the back of the head. However, he had been able to call for help, so it wasn't like too bad. Two days later, he issued a statement apologizing to his family and friends and colleagues. He also announced that he would be entering into rehab for addiction to painkillers. <gasps> dun dun dun, another twist. The incident would end in the arrest of both Alex and his cousin, Curtis. Curtis Smith will be charged with aggravated assault and assisting in suicide attempt and insurance fraud. He told media outlets that he did not shoot Alex. And he said that the gun had gone off as he grabbed it from Alex's, like, arm or he, he was trying to stop him from shooting himself. So he grabbed it and in that, like, little tussle, it went off. 
Alex would actually end up turning himself into the police on September 16th, and he would be charged with insurance fraud, conspiracy to commit insurance fraud, and filing a false police report. Those are all felonies, by the way. In July of 2022, Alex Murdoch and Curtis Smith would be indicted on conspiracy charges for what prosecutors said was years of money laundering related to distributing oxycodone. That is another twist. Because now, not only is Alex a murderer, well, sorry, presumably a murderer, he has defrauded many clients out of millions tried to take his own life, but actually tried to put it on somebody else, apparently has an addiction to painkillers, and also is now some sort of drug lord kingpin. Oh, but also he is a prominent attorney. <laughs> wow. I, this is, I mean, you cannot write this stuff. This is remarkable. And we're not even done yet. We have only discussed two bodies. There's like three more. This story is a real page turner. I guess for you guys, it'd be like a nail biter because you're listening. You want to hear some more? Because we've got plenty. We're about to discuss another tragic death. Father? I'm sorry? What's going on out there? Uh, my housekeeper has fallen and her head is bleeding. I cannot get her up. Okay, you said she's fallen. She's bleeding from the head? Yes. This is gonna bring us back to February of 2018. Gloria Satterfield, who had worked as a nanny and a housekeeper for Alex and his family for more than 20 years. She would take a pretty rough fall at their home and died from her injuries several weeks later. After her funeral, Alex introduced her two adult sons to a lawyer who he said could help them resolve the issue around their mother's death. However, according to her sons in a recent lawsuit, they say that they did not know that the lawyer, Corey Fleming, was actually a close friend of Alex Murdoch's. And that this lawyer, Mr. Fleming, had actually reached a $4.3 million settlement with Alex Murdoch. And his insurancers were supposed to send about like a 2.8 million, I guess like half of it, give or take, to her sons after the lawyer's fees and everything. But the sons said in September of 2021 that they had learned about a deal only recently. And that means that in this deal that Alex and Mr. Fleming had made, guess who didn't get any money out of the deal? The housekeeper's sons. It was all a scheme set up by Alex so that he could get more money. Alex saw the death of a longtime employee as a way to benefit financially. That is, that's disgusting. He defrauded her family. That's like so fucked up. In October, the police would actually arrest Alex on charges stemming from the missing settlement funds, this time apprehending him at a detox center in Orlando, Florida. He would be charged with two counts of obtaining property by false pretenses. This is another felony with a maximum penalty of 10 years in prison. Alex admitted in June of 2020 that he owed her sons the full settlement plus lawyer's fees, which totals into around $4.3 million. 
And remember, this is completely separate than the almost $9 million he has defrauded other clients out of. The police have since begun to look into the cause of Miss Satterfield's death. Her family had long presumed that based on Alex's family's accounts that she had tripped over their dogs and fallen down the front steps of their home. Now I'm gonna pause and say something because that might sound a bit like, hmm, that doesn't look like it could happen. I have a corgi who I love more than words can express. However, this dog will walk right under my feet. Right in front of both of my sons, he stepped in front of me and I stepped out of the way to miss him and I missed the steps that I was going down and I rolled all the way down the stairs. I hit my head causing myself to knock out for a moment, I broke my clavicle bone and my sons had to run and save me. That can happen and does happen more often than you'd think. So yeah, that sounds pretty believable. But the coroner was not notified about her death and no autopsy was done. Her death is also listed as natural on her death certificate, which is that's pretty different than like a fall. Yes, people fall naturally, it happens, but that's not a natural cause. Like it's from a, a fall. I mean, it'd be an accidental fall, but it wouldn't be natural causes. The police said in June of 2022 that they planned to exhume her body. And this was all after they got permission from her family so that they can find out maybe what really could have happened. Did she fall or did somebody else cause her death? Let's go ahead and talk about another accident that would lead to another body. And this one would involve Paul Murdoch. Put on your life jackets. It's time to go boating. Hello, are you are you at the dock? No, we just crashed in a boat. Okay, are you in the water or are you We're we're in the boat. Okay. We have someone missing. Okay, okay. Hang on one second, okay? At the time of Paul Murdoch's death, he was out on bail after being charged in the 2019 drunken boat crash, which was an accident reportedly that would end up killing one of his passengers, 19-year-old Mallory Beach, and would injure others. Documents and videos released since Paul's death have raised many questions about whether the police were being sloppy in their investigation or possibly even gave him special treatment because of him being a Murdoch. Maybe some money was exchanged, we don't really know. One of the boat's six passengers told a Department of Natural Resources officer shortly after the crash that Paul Murdoch had been the one driving the boat. However, and this was also recorded, it said, he said that Alex Murdoch's son, Paul, yeah, he was the one driving. He said, do you know Alex Murdoch? Yeah, good luck, because that's his son. However, in this report where the officer was talking to him, he wrote that the passenger said he wasn't sure who was driving, even though you can clearly hear that it said that Paul Murdoch was the one driving. South Carolina Attorney General is still investigating this crash, in which Paul faced several charges in boating under the influence, which caused the death, and two charges of boating under the influence causing great bodily injury, which again, these are all felonies. A lawsuit was filed against Alex as well, and several others, whom the plaintiffs sought to hold liable in the crash. At the time that the killings kind of began, a lawyer for Mrs. Beach's family was pressuring the Murdochs and Paul's father to release all the accounts of his finances. 
A hearing in the matter was scheduled for three days after the murders of Maggie and Paul. Prosecutors have suggested that possibly Mr. Murdoch's motive for the killings of, uh, you know, his wife and his son were to simply gain sympathy and to keep all of his financial misleadings concealed. Because if Alex had to share all of his financial records, well, it would be discovered just how much defrauding he was doing. If you're keeping count, we are at four deaths. We now have a fifth one to discuss. Man, these Murdochs have more bodies piling up than a graveyard. Admiral Bill Speed on that. Okay. All right. And is it in the road or on the side of the road? In the road. Oh, in the road? Yeah. In June of 2021, a few weeks after the death of Maggie and Paul Murdoch, the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division announced that it was opening a new inquiry into the death of Stephen Smith. Stephen was a 19-year-old man whose body was found on a road. This road is just 10 miles from the Murdoch home, well, one of their homes. They had several properties. His death was never really fully explained, and of course, no arrests have ever been made. It was initially investigated as a possible shooting, then it was considered to be a hit and run. According to a few police reports and files, it's suggested that Stephen ran out of gas on the side of the road, just several miles away from where his body was found. He was most likely walking alongside the road while somebody like drove by and struck him and just left him to die. The police have not accused anyone in the Murdoch family of any wrongdoing in the case. They haven't even announced why they opened the case again to look into it. Although it is believed that it's most likely Paul may have had a hand in Stephen's death and he may have been driving intoxicated on the way home or on the way from and plowed into him and left him there to die. Again, I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm saying that's what the internet and sleuths are alleging. So let's talk about the trial. On June 7th, 2021, did you take this gun or any gun like it and shoot your son Paul in the chest in the feed room at your property off Moselle Road? No, I did not. Mr. Murdoch, did you take this gun or any gun like it and blow your son's brains out on June 7th or any day or any time? No, I did not. Over the past several weeks, the state's team of prosecutors, which was led by Creighton Waters, has painted a picture of a desperate Alex Murdoch. They argue that the numerous pressures that were put upon him for his decades of alleged financial crimes would in turn create this like perfect storm that led him to kill Paul and Maggie all in order to obtain sympathy and to end all the investigations into his wrongdoings with money and fraud. You know, like, there's nothing that can make you not investigate somebody more than their family dying. Because that's apparently the clause in the system. Oh my god, your family died? Well, you don't even have to worry about these charges. It's, I'm so sorry. I, I, I hope that you heal, okay? We're just gonna throw these felonies away. Have a good life. Not how it works. That's not how any of this works. 
The state's main points of evidence include a video taken by Paul minutes before he died, on which multiple witnesses testified to hearing Alex Murdoch's voice. Despite Alex claiming he was never at the kennels that night, neither Paul nor Maggie showed any defensive wounds on them, even though they were shot at extremely close range. A Snapchat video also taken by Paul shows Alex wearing a different set of clothes than the ones he was wearing when police found him on the night of the double murders. The earlier set of clothes has actually never been found, and the later set was uh, freshly laundered, if you, you know, it was cleaned. This is all stated because Alex said he'd check the bodies, which means blood would have gotten on him, but there was just no sign of any blood on him. So how do you think the defense would approach all of this? If you take a 300 blackout, such as this, and fire it into your wife Maggie's leg, torso, or any part of her body. No, I did not. Did you shoot a 300 blackout into her head, causing her death. Mr. Griffin, I didn't shoot my wife or my son anytime. Now, the defense is arguing that Alex is a victim in all of this. Oh, <laughs> my heart just <laughs> doesn't feel shit for the man. They frequently referred to Alex as a family man who deeply loved his son and his wife. When asked by the defense, multiple witnesses testified that Alex would always pick up the phone if one of them called. You know what's a big thing that I think we need to remember? A lot of murderers, especially like serial killers, yeah, they're everyday average people that are described as being really great upstanding community citizens. In fact, one of the biggest descriptors of many serial killers is the term family man. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Now, video from an officer's interview with Alex on the night of the murders shows him extremely emotionally distraught because he had just found his wife and son's bodies. The defense claims that law enforcement was so convinced on Alex's guilt from the start that they just ran a very sloppy investigation focusing solely on Alex as a possible suspect. The defense has also filed multiple motions to move to try to exclude various pieces of evidence or even testimony. This would range from Alex's alleged financial crimes to extreme blood splatter examinations. Seems a bit odd. I feel like evidence should not be excluded in any cases. Like, why do they exclude evidence if it's if it's involved, why the fuck is it being I don't understand that. I've never understood that. It's like police say, even the smallest little bit of information could really help break a case. Yeah? Yeah? That's the, that's the case? Okay, then what the fuck? Sorry, let's, let's continue because we're almost done and I don't want to get sidetracked. This whole case is just really frustrating. Mr. Murdoch, is that you? on the kennel video at 8.44 p.m. on June 7th, the night Maddie, Maggie and Paul were murdered. It is. Were you in fact at the kennels at 8.44 p.m. on the night Maggie and Paul were murdered? I was. Did you lie to Sled Agent Owen and Deputy Laura Rutland on the night of June 7th and told them that you stayed at the house after dinner? 
I did lie to them. Did you lie to Agent Owen and Agent Croft on the follow-up interview on June 10th that the last time you saw Maggie and Paul was at dinner? I did lie to them. At this point, the defense has rested, it's finished calling all of its witnesses, Alex's attorneys did their best to poke holes into the prosecution's case against him. Alex's son Buster testified, and then Alex took the stand as well as you've been hearing in his own defense. He denied that he intentionally hurt his wife and son. Now that the defense has rested, the prosecution will call and rebuttal witnesses. The jury of 12 men and women from Colton County are expected to visit the crime scene as well. Following all closing arguments, the jury will begin its deliberations. This will be for the four counts that Alex Murdoch is charged with. The murder of his son, Paul. The murder of his wife, Maggie. And the two counts of possession of a weapon during a crime. If found guilty, he faces up to 30 years to life. Now, no matter which way this trial goes, remember, he still has another trial in the future, all in regards to his financial crimes. guys that is it that is all i know on the story of the murdochs and all of their murders or bodies horrific deaths that just happen to be surrounding the family there's a lot of details to these murders if you'd like to look into them but i really didn't think that this episode needed to be like eight hours long if you guys want i can dive into each case on its own episode you can let me know by sending me a message on all of my social media which you can reach me at oh hey it's harmony on instagram and tiktok or harmony miller on facebook and of course the best way to get in contact with me when it has anything to do with business or this podcast it would be via email at what's the actual EFF harmony at gmail.com. I have had a mass influx of emails come in lately, so please bear with me. I'm trying to get to every single one of you that I can, but I do read your messages, so thank you for sending them. Anyways, this was the horrendous story of the Murdoch family from South Carolina. And this, even though the story is bananas, is really kind of pales in comparison to some of the cases that I have found out there. We as people really are monsters. We are manipulative, selfish, and murderous. From crimes of passion to murdering our lovers in fits of rage. And of course, killing our family members for a little bit of money. We are utterly fucked up. And the case of the Murdoch family proves this. If this one story wasn't enough for you, just take a gander and listen to all of the other cases I've shared. 
Anyways, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day, night, or morning, whenever you're listening to this. I love you guys so very much. Thank you for continuing to come here and listening to the twisted stories I have for you. And if this was your first episode, I really hope that you'll come back for the next one. Who knows? Maybe over time, we can be friends. Anyways, I will talk to you guys on the next episode of What the Actual F. Until then, please stay safe. Because, my loves, I never want to tell a story about you. Okay, I love you. Later. Bye!